Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. How to ask for help and how to have a, 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 a leader on top that actually supports us through that journey are questions or are issues that are being raised that uh, I think as an industry, we need to do a much better job fixing. Welcome to the Business of Marketing, presented to you by SAP. I'm Toby Daniels, and I'm the Chief Innovation Officer at Adweek. On this week's episode, we are honored to be joined by Antonio Lucio, who is the founder and principal of 5S Diversity. We couldn't think of a better way to wrap season two of the podcast than by having the former CMO of Facebook, Visa, HP, and PepsiCo as our final guest of the year. During our conversation, we discussed his incredible career journey, his commitment and focus on DE&I and sustainability issues, and what he has in his leadership toolkit. In addition to my conversation with Antonio, we have been spotlighting a number of different startups who have participated in the SAP.io's Foundries program. During this episode, you will hear from Olga Kotzer, who is the founder and CEO of Merco, a mobile solution that bridges the gap between designers and end customers. Learn about what they believe are some of the biggest future obstacles that they will have to overcome and how they leverage technology to drive growth and business transformation. Thanks so much for listening to this season of The Business of Marketing. I hope you all have a happy new year. And now, please enjoy my conversation with Antonio Lucio. 
Antonio, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so looking forward to our conversation today. And I couldn't think of a more perfect guest to help us wrap up season two of the business of marketing. So thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, Toby, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here with you. You know, I have nothing but respect and admiration for who you are and the type of work that you've done for Adweek and how passionate I am about the Adweek platform in terms of the way it helps connect our marketing community and disseminate knowledge. So uh, anything that I can do to help you, I will, you will always count on me. Well, we very much appreciate it. It's very nice of you to say. So I'm sure our audience is already familiar with your incredible resume, although they might not be aware that in addition to being the founder and principal of 5S Diversity, which we are uh, going to certainly come back to, uh, but you're also a board member here at Adweek. So first of all, thank you for your incredible guidance and, and the wisdom that you've provided to this organization over the course of the last year. Excellent. No, it's, a, it's my pleasure. I've learned a lot and I've, I've gotten to meet great people like you. So uh, it's been a joy. So you've uh, obviously held a number of fairly high profile and important marketing roles over the course of your career. Prior to joining HP in 2015, you served as Visa's Global Chief Marketing and Communications Officer. And then before that, you were the Chief Innovation and Health and Wellness Officer at PepsiCo, where I believe you spent like almost a decade of your time. And then more recently, you joined Facebook after three years at HP and in 2018 formally announced your plans to spend your next and, and likely final chapter of your professional career dedicated to and helping advertising and marketing companies for change related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And in this vein, uh, you became the founder and principal of your own company, 5S Diversity, a firm that's dedicated to increasing the participation of women and people of color in senior marketing positions. So really what I want to do is unpack all of that right over the course of our conversation today. But first, I'd love for you to sort of talk to us about your journey, the journey that brought you to this point, and specifically the decision to devote your sole focus and time to issues including DEI and, of course, also sustainability. Yeah, great, Toby. Uh, listen, I've been blessed with a long and wonderful career where I've learned uh, from, you know, most impactful companies and, and, and uh, having had the great opportunity to, to work alongside some very important leaders, uh, not just Mark Zuckerberg, but Indra Nui, uh, Shell Sandberg, and many others that uh, most people don't know, but, but that left a very uh, deep impact in uh, in who I am, not just professionally, but also uh, personally. So after, you know, 40 years, I started uh, back in August of 1981 in, in Procter & Gamble, Puerto Rico, working in always in marketing. And at one point in time, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to uh, move into the general management route and to search deeply within within my soul. And I came to terms with the fact that I am a marketer. I That's what I want to do. That's, what, uh, 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 that's the way that I want to spend all my hours, which at the end of the day is what drives what you do at work, what you do, uh, how you spend your hours and with the type of people that you want to spend your your hours with. I was fortunate that I had the opportunity to go through several companies that were in the middle of major transformation. I didn't choose it that way. It sort of unfolded, at least initially. Then after a while, I came to terms with the fact that I do like the, the sometimes painful, but always exhilarating 
job of, of transformation. So from PepsiCo, I went into Visa that was uh, going to be a publicly traded company for the first time. So that meant uh, first PL ever, first uh, integrated board of directors. It was a company that was run by separate regions of the world, each region reporting to the banks that own the service center at that particular region of the world. So we had to pretty much reframe, reassess everything. One brand, one positioning, one network, one sort of uh, uh, standardized uh, marketing approach anchored in analytics, uh, a return on investment and, and tangible business, uh, business results. I did that for 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 a while. It was uh, eight amazing years. And from there, I joined uh, HP, again, a company that was in the middle of a major transformation, the Hewlett Packard Corporation that was gigantic, decided to split into two. And I joined one of the two companies, uh, HP Inc., which had all the uh, processing and printing, uh, both consumer and institutional business. Again, we declining, declining categories, declining share, declining brand equity and it was a, a a job about turning those categories around in a in a very meaningful meaningful way i thought that i was done with my marketing career then and then um um facebook approached me at the time with the once again a first job because it was um for the first time they were going to integrate all the apps into one organization before the previous cmo gary briggs which is a dear friend and an amazing guy uh, was uh, head of facebook this was about Facebook plus the other apps. And now the company continues to evolve in, in, in that particular area. And the company was facing issues on trust. The company was facing issues of value, value perceptions of some, some of the apps. And can we help um, um, uh, turn that around over time? Um, honestly, Toby, I misread this, this signal. I was a bit naive in terms of the amount of time that I thought was going to take to make such a gigantic uh, turnaround. It's going to take decades, decades that I don't have. When I turned 60, I came to terms with the knowledge of my own mortality and my own longevity within the corporate world. And I decided that it was time for me to devote 100% of my time to two things that I have been very passionate about all my life. One was marketing transformation. And the other one was through the lens of diversity uh, and inclusion um, uh, work that I had done at starting at Visa, then at HP, and and more recently at uh, at Facebook. So um, that's what I'm doing um, right now. I am building capability on both marketing transformation and DNI within the marketing industry, and uh, hopefully uh, this new chapter will help me help other companies make the dent that we need to make in order to have marketing organizations that reflects the communities that we are serving. I, I want to come back to that decision and then obviously the work that you're doing in 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 a little bit but i have a question that sort of builds off of something that you were just talking about and it even goes back to kind of why i think you're so passionate about ad week right and and supporting us and and our mission because one of the things that i think you and i probably both agree on is that there is an opportunity to elevate marketing as not just a discipline or a function, but also as a profession that, you know, ideally we would love more people to want to, to get into, right? And it's interesting, you know, when I think about the role that the social network 
movie played in elevating the the importance of at least in terms of public perception of like startup entrepreneurship right it sort of would be amazing to think in those sorts of terms and think what can ad week do in regards to elevating the the profession of marketing much like the social network the movie did in terms of elevating startup entrepreneurship and i bring that up because what i'd love to know from you is why does the role and function and the profession of marketing matter? Not just to you, but why do you think it matters to the world? Yeah, Toby, the the craft of marketing has always been about having a very deep understanding of the client, the customer or the consumer, depending on whether you're B2B or or B2C or whether you're B2B2C and then uh, helping organize experiences that fulfill their met or sometimes dramatically their unmet needs. That's what marketing was and is in a section of of the business. It was built in the consumer good category and, and those were the big companies that had big impacts in the world. Then, then the world evolved and we have technology and we have financial services having a more direct impact on the lives of, uh, of people. Those non-consumer good companies um, were not born out of the obsession with the consumer. They were born out of invention. They were born out of technology and or science. They were born out of someone who had an idea or a discovery, something that if you would have placed in front of consumers, consumers would have not been able to understand or give you bad feedback. Um, Whether you're talking about Facebook or Google or LinkedIn or even Visa or some of the financial services, uh, products and services that are around in those categories, marketing then needed to create a need. It needed to earn a seat at the table. It needed to illustrate the benefit um, of the discipline to the overall business. And that's why you have such a dramatic split between the consumer good world where marketing has a seat at the business table, a seat that remains regardless of the person that occupies the chair. And then outside of the consumer good world, depending on the on the category that you're talking about, uh, startups and technology on the far, far, far end of not really knowing or or understanding what marketing can do, and then closer into some of the more consumer-driven financial financial services companies um, where the role of marketing needs to be illustrated, it needs to be demonstrated, and and it, it needs to be earned where the chair could remain or not remain, depending on the impact that the CMO uh, has available. One of the things, Toby, that I have seen, though, uh, coming out of the pandemic, as everyone was uh, obsessed with reigniting growth, companies in both sides of the world, whether it is consumer good or non-consumer good, uh, looking at the marketing functions as to how do we drive that particular growth? What are the changing perceptions of dynamics of the consumer? Because the data that we had from before may no longer be as valid because we have lived such a dramatic moment that has shifted some of the values, beliefs, and behaviors in things like education, in things like work, in things like uh, consumption of video, uh, so on and so forth. So I'm actually very encouraged about what I am seeing in terms of 
there's never been a greater need for marketing and there's never been not just conceptually from a marketing standpoint but also a greater need from from corporations to to have a strong and meaningful marketing function to guide the way into growth one and two into growth and trust which is a a, a new dimension out of the pandemic that hopefully will also anchor the marketing function in a meaningful uh, chair um, next to the business leaders of, of any corporation. It's very validating to, to hear you talk about it in, in those terms. I mean, this podcast exists specifically to elevate conversations within the C-suite and particularly focused on the role and function of marketing in terms of driving business transformation. And, and so, as I say, it's, it's validating to hear that from you, but ultimately just continues to sort of raise the importance of these types of conversations. Just to go back to 5S for a second, because I, I just want to kind of understand and help the audience understand a little bit of the why behind what you're trying to build, because you sort of touched on marketing transformation being an area of, of importance and, and also in terms of the capabilities you're trying to build, but also obviously DE&I and, and the two, one assumes, are extricably linked and important, not as separate kind of entities or capabilities, but one obviously can drive the other. But talk a little bit more about some of your thinking here and why why marketing transformation and why DEI? Yeah, so Toby, picking up where I left off, it's critically important that the marketing organization to have a direct or more direct impact in the business, it has to show business progress first and foremost, and marketing capabilities, if you will, second. So you're a business leader first and a marketing artisan second, particularly outside of the, of the consumer good world, although some of the learnings apply to the, to the consumer good world. What we've seen is everybody trying to, to say the right things as it pertains to diversity and inclusion and the role that diversity and inclusion can serve accelerating innovation and innovation as being the key driver of, uh, of long-term growth. But then we run into situations and one of them, and the one that I was single focused on was there is no pipeline of senior leaders to occupy senior leadership roles within the industry. And by senior leadership roles, I was referring to uh, the CMO and the two, two levels below, directors, vice president, depending on the company. And then, so I said, okay, so what do we need to do? Because the industry, and by the way, Adweek has been a, a, a an amazing player um, and, 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 and an amazing ally to the industry and all that. A lot of work has been done in, in increasing representation at the junior level. Uh, you, you guys have uh, showcased all the different programs, whether it is, uh, you know, Diego Scotti's at Fellows or 4As, I mean, internships, partnerships with historical black colleges and universities, partnerships with universities where, that have a more diverse sort of profile. All that has been done and the numbers, the numbers are improving at the, the bottom of the funnel, if you will. There is not as much progress at the top of uh, of the funnel. So I said, well, let me let me try to address that particular issue. One of the big thoughts as I was researching the space and having conversations with all the leading CMOs um, within within the industry, as well as you know, my previous mentors and CEOs, is that every successful person that I have 
met have had four things going for them. One is capability and capability at two levels, functional capability and then leadership capability. All the research that we have suggests that women and people of color, they get good training on the functional side. They do not get as much training on the leadership side of the equation. The second thing is community. Having a group of people internally, but importantly, outside of the company that are going through your same journey that allows you to compare notes, to share stories, to share best practices, or even to share frustrations. It's really important because it enables you to deal with the sense of isolation that different people will have at different moments of their career. The fact that you can reach out to someone within your community outside of the company and share what you're going through and for people to actually be able to share what they're going through, it's a really important component of success, both on the capability side of it, but also on the uh, even mental wellness side of it. So capability on the leadership side, community. Um, the third is mentoring. And by mentor, I, I split Toby mentors from sponsors. You need them both, but they fulfill two different roles. For me, what I call mentoring is people that give you a much broader perspective on work and life. These are the people that are going to ask you the right questions without agendas. Um, these are the people that at one point in time will tell you, you know what, Antonio, maybe, maybe have you considered that you've run out of space already and that you need a change in your life? Or these are the people that are going to call you and say, you know what, you're messing it up on the work-life balance, whether it is health-wise or whether you're family-wise. So Mentors are really, really very important. And the last piece is sponsors. By sponsors, I mean people inside the company that are not just going to play the internal mentor to you and invite you for coffee. These are people that are going to advocate for you. These are the people that are going to give you stretch assignments. And by the way, every single successful individual that I know from Indra Nui to Mike White at, at PepsiCo, both uh, um, Dion Weisler at, at HP, Charlie Scharf at Visa, every single one of them, uh, Antonio Lucio included, uh, had stretch assignments, which means someone trusted us, trusted our potential more than our real capabilities or our resume, and trust us with, with that and provided the right level of support to succeed. So interestingly enough, Toby, it took me a very, very long time personally, and, and all the conversations that I've had with people, um, with women and people of colors, they will tell you the same thing. It took me a very long time to figure this out. This was through trial and error. And if you are a white, single male from the right school, uh, straight, and all this type of stuff, this kind of thing, you have it from birth. You have the people banking on your leadership. You're surrounded by them from the moment that you're born. You have a sense of community, whether you want it or not. You are going to have mentors. Sometimes there are people from your family that have lived what you want to live or others in your inner circle. And you have internal sponsors. And the way that the system is being built, it's almost that it is built in a way that you should not fail because you have so much stuff going for you that you should not fail. For other groups, female, people of color, so on and so forth, this has to be built. There has to be a first a, 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 an enhanced self of, of awareness 
of us and of the infrastructure that support us to actually be able to build it that way. And that's what brought me to 5S, which is five sisters for my five daughters. And the program that we build is called LEAP. It's Leadership Empowerment Acceleration Project. It drives on all four components. So on the capability side, it is the leadership capability. And, and for that, I was able to curate content, develop and curate a combination of both with the Aspen Institute and with Yale School of Management, two organizations that I've had more than 15 years relationship with to talk about inner compass, to talk about your purpose, to talk about how to make a business decision based out on values. Then on the more institutional side, how do you manage the board of directors? How do you create institutional change at scale? When does diversity make sense uh, within the context of a process? And then the community, because our year one, we have 11 companies from 11 different industries. Each class, the fall and then the spring, had four representatives for, by company. So 44 people just went through the, our first cohort. So it created a community of people that are more or less at the same level, one or two levels below the CMO in their 15 to 20 year of experience moment. And, and they could reach to each other. And, and, and what we found out through the conversations was indeed that everybody was going through some of the similar leadership issues. Mentoring, I, for the 44 that participated on our, I, I did three one-on-one, one, one-hour sessions with each and every one of them, developing a leadership plan. And then we, we agreed with each one of the founding companies that they were going to have a, a, an assigned sponsor that was going to manage the career of the selected people for the next two years so that we can keep track of them and see whether this is working well or not. So that's LEAP uh, under 5S. And over time, if this works, and so far I just got the results from our first cohort, they were really, really strong. If this continues to work, then we'll have uh, hopefully more offerings under LEAP, all under diversity and inclusion uh, as a driver for business and marketing transformation. Sorry for the long-winded answer, Toby. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And actually, your answer is very helpful, particularly in terms of walking us through that framework, because, you know, I, I want to make sure actually that, that our audience really sort of understands this, because that framework is not just specific to what you're doing, but it also feels kind of universally important. And I guess my sort of follow-up question to it relates actually to kind of like the application of this framework, but to not just the industry of marketing, but sort of more broadly, to what extent do you think it's important that, you know, when you think about these four things, when you think about, you know, developing the capabilities and community and mentorship and sponsorship, that it also needs to be kind of better understood perhaps within our sort of formal education system and something that actually should be taught and presented as a framework to people, but much earlier in their lives so that when they come to and start to think about their careers and professional development, it's something they already have an appreciation for. Toby, it's, it's spot on. And honestly, that has been the, after going through the first, um, through the first, first cohort, that was actually my conclusion. We need to make sure that we begin to build careers like this from the get-go. And maybe we need to begin to disseminate this more broadly through through means like Adweek and, and create broader models for people to be able to tap into it at different levels of their careers. The other thing, Toby, that, that I was able to find, because at the end of the day, I ended up with um, 
what, 135 hours of one-on-one -on -one mentoring sessions with people from 11 companies and 11 different um, industries. They are, the, regardless of the fact that they're in different companies and different industries, they're all going through the same fundamental leadership leadership challenges. And we have, and I'm having now the conversations with the with the different CMOs that we, we need to figure out a way of institutionally providing significantly more support. And the, the issues that we're dealing with, I remember dealing with them as I was, as I was looking back into, into my career. Fundamental things like uh, when you get your first job, um, you get promoted by doing things certain way, and then your new job requires you to do things fundamentally different. You're no longer about executing. You're about leading the agenda, aligning the agenda, providing resource allocation, removing roadblocks. So that fundamentally changes the way in which you spend your hours, the meetings that you have to attend, the meetings that you actually need to to delegate. The only way that you're actually going to be able to lead an agenda is by creating space. I, I, what I was telling the team is leaping requires elevation and reflection. Without that, you are never going to be able to actually organize your time according to the key things that you need to deliver, which is setting the vision, aligning the vision, providing the right levels of resource allocation and support, and then removing roadblocks. The fact that you are now supposed to begin to provide institutional solutions, as opposed to you know, just fixing a problem to keep going, you're there to provide institutional solutions so that the problems that you face once, uh, you don't have to face them every time that you're moving um, uh, through, through that particular uh, process. Um, the fact that your job as a leader is to provide context and perspective in every single interaction, because without it, your people are not going to be able to understand the role that they're playing within the broader agenda. The, the things that we need to do when we move from being a peer to being the, the boss of that uh, particular team and when to delegate and not delegate, these are things that we need to become much more intentional in the way that we trained our folks so that they can accelerate the learning leadership curve and that they can become significantly more successful and enjoy the process a bit more. Uh, and the question is, why isn't it happening? Well, one of the, one of the issues is, particularly as it pertains to female and people of color, is that we don't feel comfortable asking for help because sometimes we feel that we shouldn't be asking for help because there's a, an imposter syndrome or because there's all sorts of mental games that we're playing with ourselves. How to ask for help and how to have a, 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 a leader on top that actually supports us through that journey are questions or are issues that are being raised that uh, I think as an industry, we need to do a much better job fixing. Let's take a break from my conversation with Antonio and hear from Olga Kotzer, founder and CEO of Merco, a former participant in SAP.io's Foundries program, as she discusses how Merco is leveraging technology to drive growth and business transformation. 
name is uh, Olga and I'm a co-founder of Merco and uh, we were part of SAP retail cohort in 2020. We're the next generation platform to digitize retail stores. We reinvent how customers interact with the physical stores across the entire journey, from product discovery to in-store personalization to the next generation checkout and remote selling. And we connect offline channels with online. We see a massive gap in the market. There are numerous platforms that facilitate a customer online journey. And there's a lot of front-end solutions that make this experience better and faster. Well, when it comes to store, there is no similar single composable platform that enhances the in-store path to purchase. And we all know that a customer journey is not limited to one channel, so retailers need to better consider the store when it comes to customer experience. So this is where we come in. We leverage the same data and backend systems available online, but in-store. The signifying inventory and product information and the whole customer journey, and also capturing in-store customer behavior so retailers can leverage it online and in their marketing channels. We are an enabler for other businesses to transform. Our company would not exist if the need to transform offline would not be there. And, and for us, we build Merco as a in a kind of new gen way, API first, microservices first, because we know that retail past the point when they need old school tech, they mature enough to leverage the new generation technologies. As with many startups, at the moment when you move from kind of product market fit and like initial traction into scaling, you have to change a lot of processes internally in order to deliver on this growth, in order to scale effectively as an organization, either doing continue doing things direct or maybe bringing in partners like sales partners or delivery partners who can help you to scale. And for more information on Merco, please visit merco.com, M-E-R-C-A-U-X.com. Thanks to Olga for introducing us to her business and the work that they've accomplished in partnership with SAP.io. You can learn more about Merco by visiting merco.com, which is spelled M-E-R-C-A-U-X.com. And if you're interested in working with SAP.io, check out the show notes for more information. And now back to my conversation with Antonio Lucio. You've covered like so much ground, which is like so fantastic. But in doing so, I always just sort of feel like there's even more to kind of unpack and dig into, but we are limited in terms of the amount of time we have. So I want to kind of just switch gears a little bit and, and touch upon a project that was just announced this month that I know um, you're very directly involved in and also is just very important to you. So as part of a new industry-wide collaboration that's been led by Adweek and the NA's Global Growth Council and Sustainable Brands, CMOs and sustainability leaders are joining forces to advance the growth and the agenda from within their organizations, you know, around kind of, you know, sustainability issues to do with like supply chains and, and other such kind of related issues. And as a member of the global CMO sustainability accelerator, what does this program mean to you? And what are the, some of the things that you're particularly excited about, you know, particularly as we kind of attempt to try and put resources behind and, and accelerate the progress that we're making on sustainability throughout the industry of marketing. Yeah, Toby, is um, a fascinating topic and a, a passion of, of mine, as, as you said. I think we're living in a, an, an, an amazing moment, which is both uh, challenging and, and very exhilarating. And there, there are being 
fundamental shifts in the way people think and particularly among the young. I, I just was reviewing with um, the Edelman group work on Generation Z, uh, people that have been scarred twice, first by the, um, the, the economic impact of 2008 and then, uh, and then by, by the pandemic. I think that the world has come to terms with the fact that if we want to build um, businesses and brands that stand the test of time, we are going to need to do it in a more sustainable and responsible sort of way. And that we need to cater to not just the shareholder, but more importantly, all the stakeholders that make the communities in which we live, which means starting with our employees. It also means taking care of, uh, of, of our clients, our consumers, the citizens that live within the context of the community that we cater and the world in general. This growth at no cost mentality is, is gone, not just because we are seeing the effect of uh, what we're doing to the environment, but because we have a very strong new generation of people that are going to demand that we um, actually behave differently, that there is a, a performance angle, but there's also a purpose angle, and there's also a community angle that we all are going to need to pursue uh, going forward, or we're not going to be able to build the trust that are required for brands to stand the test of time. So everybody kind of has the mandate. Everybody is beginning to understand that if we don't begin to evolve, we are not going to have the sustainability of our businesses, let alone the world and, and, and the communities that we serve. But at the same time, these are issues that are going to require significant cooperation. I just read uh, an article that everybody signing the UN targets and the truth of the matter is that with the existing technologies that we have, we can only get to 70% of that particular target. 30%, which is a gigantic number, will require new technologies, new approaches, new business systems. That will require significant cooperation. And I think, once again, because we are the marketing function, because we're supposed to be at the forefront of understanding uh, customers and, and consumers, uh, because our mandate is to build brands that stand the taste of time, that are anchored in purpose, and that are built on very strong emotional connections, we need to play a leading role in accelerating the transformation of all of our industries into a more sustainable place, just like with diversity through the business imperative, as well as the values issues that go along with it. So that's why this initiative is so important. It's so, it's so interesting because both, both you and I think also Mark Pritchard have, have talked a lot about this not just being a moral obligation, but also one of the greatest business opportunities of our time. And oftentimes, I think when you can bring those two things together, you can actually imagine what transformation and the future might look like. I think it's it's um, it's just a really interesting kind of perspective and way of, of thinking about things. Toby, the challenge is going to be for us to actually figure out what are the things that are going to make the most difference 
and begin to focus on those as as an as an industry while allowing you know flexibilities and best practice sharing for the other dimensions because this is a monumental task multi-layer multi-faceted um and and in order to make a difference we're going to need to focus definitely so we we are almost out of time i just have one more quick question which relates to your own kind of individual leadership toolkit which what one assumes has you know had to kind of you know adapt uh, over the years and and probably uh, even over the course of the last like couple of years particularly when you sort of think about you know the the, the fairly sort of complex social political and, and economic landscape that we we operate in and i think the the role of the leader you know has shifted and i think you recognize that and you're building so much capability around the idea that the role has shifted and will continue to shift and that you know to evolve it's important to kind of embrace some of these newer skills that are are important but ultimately might not have been in the leadership toolkit 10 or so years ago so my question for you is you know what have you added to the toolkit in the last like couple of years like in what ways have you had to adapt and learn new skills there are some fundamental angles of of leadership that do not change leaders are about showing the what needs to be done and the why it needs to be done but then clearly showing how and by whom um and 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 it is in the i think the essence of what we do the what and the why has remained consistent it evolves with new issues like sustainability like diversity but the the key the things that i've had to change evolved like crazy is on the on the how and the who meaning we have significantly more channels more data more ways to connect uh, which it, it is both positive and negative. And then who are the right people that we need to partner with? Which are the skills that we need to develop internally? Which are the ones that we need to acquire or partner with to actually be able to deliver against that what and that why? That to me is the the thing that I've had to change and evolve the most. And by the way, Toby, although most people like to remember leaders by their inspirational words, the what and the why, we are only successful. We are only going to build businesses, brands, and marketing organizations that stand the test of time if we're experts on the how and we're able to clearly determine who are the people that we need to partner with in order to deliver that why. That why. So well said. Really appreciate it. That is all the time we have, Antonio. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We appreciate your incredible insights your leadership, uh, as I mentioned before, the wisdom and the guidance that you bring to Adweek. So thank you again, uh, wishing you all the best for the rest of the year and of course for 2022. Thank you, Toby. The same to you. Happy holidays to everyone. And uh, may we have a, uh, a good 2022. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Business of Marketing, brought to you by Adweek and presented in partnership with SAP. The Business of Marketing is produced by Al Manorino. The executive producer is Brian Leddy. Support also provided by Erica Perry and Julian Gamboa. Please take a minute to subscribe and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us. 
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.